welcome to the Pirate Parent Podcast. Hey, 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 this is your host, Jen McClure, with my ever-present and wonderful partner in crime. She's the PETA to my Katniss. Do you know what that is? That would be Hunger Games. Good job. This is going to be a fun game we're going to play every <laughs> single time. Everyone, Callie Young. Hello. We're excited today to bring to you a very special guest from out of town. So Kristen Walker is a Leader and Me coach with the Franklin Covey Corporation, and she works with schools in the um, greater Kansas City area, St. Louis area, and now Chicago area. And she helps do, she helps by leading the training for our staff members and really has, has a great amount of knowledge about seven habits. And our hope today is that when she is here, that she will be able to share with you the basics of the seven habits. That's our goal today, because we've talked about leader and me in general. Okay. At the beginning of every podcast, we share our moment of pirate pride. I have mine ready to go. You do? I do. First, can we talk about who came up with the name for this podcast? Because it is really hard for those of us. I feel like I have a slight speech impediment. You do when you try to say pirate parent podcast and pirate pride moment. Try to say those back to back. No, I'm going to call our speech therapist and see if she can fix me before our next (laughs) podcast. So Lauren Parrish, be ready. I'm going to be needing some speech therapy coming up because it's really hard to say. Okay. So would you like to start us off, Callie? I would. My pirate pride moment, um, I don't think a lot of people are aware of this, but we had three individuals from our building that were in um, Orlando in the last couple of weeks, and they were down um, presenting on behalf of Seacrest Elementary in the Platte County School District. They were presenting over our Seacrest Family Challenge and sharing this information at the Leader in Me Global Symposium. So they were um, sharing the ideas and the work of our staff with other leaders from around the world and a, a huge moment of pride for our building in our district. So Jim McClure and Ashley Richardson and Matthew Wick. Um, that is my pirate pride moment. Oh, that's great. I am prideful that our district can be a place that... Um, lots of people can come and land. And the greater group of Platte County School District, the maintenance department, the um, custodial um, team, uh, Dr. Miller and um, Mr. Mueller at the middle school, when we needed something today, which is we were having a regional training, so 100 people from around the Kansas City area were coming to our school district, they jumped in and said, we are more than happy to help set up for those events. Find um, us tablecloths. Right. <laughs> we need a tablecloth. Exactly. And are welcoming to opening their arms to welcome people into our school yes. district. And so it does make me prideful to work in a place where we are really one big team. So thank you to that group of people who work super hard, Anthony, um, all these people who know who they are, but sometimes don't get the recognition they need. But I'm, I'm thankful that it takes a village, but it, I'm more thankful that I live in this village and that I get to work in this village every single day. That's a great pirate pride moment. 
Welcome, Kristen. We're excited to have you here. Yes, thank you so much, Shannon Kelly. I'm excited to be here. Okay, tell us a little bit about yourself for the folks who've never met you. The staff at Seagrass knows you very well, and the staff at Pathfinder knows you very mm -hmm. well, but the parents have no idea who you are, and a lot of our kids have either seen you but probably not met you. So tell us a mm -hmm. little bit about what brought you to work for uh, Franklin Covey and, and, and really be a proponent of Leader and Me. Absolutely, yeah. So my background is I taught middle school language arts, uh, the uh, honors classes and the regular ed class. And the school that I came from, we were a Leader Me school. And over the course of my years in education, that came to be my favorite part of the classroom. Anything that had to do with empowering my students and celebrating them in leadership roles and recognizing their greatness, that really came to be uh, where my sweet spot was. So uh, through a lot of prayer and just a lot of thought, um, just, okay, should I continue to stay with uh, um, my role as an eighth grade language arts teacher or should I explore this itch, you know, that needs to be scratched? So um, spoke with my leader mean coach that we worked with and uh, yeah, they were looking to hire a coach within my area. So it was kind of meant to be. It was one of those things. So yeah, uh, yeah just going into my third year uh, as a leader me coach. Uh, I'm from Quincy, Illinois, and uh, I have the opportunity to serve all of the Kansas City, Missouri schools that are leader me schools. Also, all the schools that are in northeastern Missouri, um, smaller district schools, their rural areas. And then actually this year, I have the opportunity to work with uh, a number of Chicago public schools. Um, we have a lot of growth that's occurring in the Illinois side. So very excited to work with them and uh, their teacher and students. So yeah, that's a little bit about when how I, I came to be. Yeah, when I heard you say that you were going to be working with Chicago public schools, I thought, man, what an, an undertaking. You said how many schools are there in the CPS? Yeah, in the district? CPS district. Oh, gosh, there's uh, almost... 75 to 100. Yeah. Wow. And so that's a big undertaking. So um, we're just taking it in small bits, you know, and a piece. So I have the opportunity to work with about 17 of them. And we're bringing in a new coach, actually, in the Chicagoland area um, who's located there that's going to serve then a majority of the other ones as well. So we're really excited. Um, it's uh, something that uh, we've been trying to, you know, continue to build up our our process and, and reach as many of students as possible because, I mean, all kids, right, deserve to be their best self. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that most people don't recognize that as, as a leader in me school, we are part of that network allows us to have access to a coach, which is your role. Mm -hmm. And that's how we got to meet you a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And and she spends a lot of time coaching us on our journey and making sure that we're um you know, doing the things that we want to accomplish, that our kids are experiencing what they want to accomplish, and then giving us, she kind of feeds us our PD. So whenever we have um, a need for something, she's the person feeding us, and we really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I think another part, great part about being a part of that network is that we are able to have that connection with other schools also that mm -hmm. are a part of the Leader Me process. Mm -hmm. And so as we go through, besides Pathfinder, and obviously we work side by side with Pathfinder, but beyond that, schools from around the area, from around the nation, it's been great to be able to network with them as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We have the opportunity, yeah, twice a year um, that we have what we call community coaching. And that's where we spend a day in the fall with our principals that, that are Leader Me Schools. And then a second day working with the Lighthouse Coordinators, which are two lead teachers in the building. And not only does it give the opportunity for me to share new learning with the principals and with the lead teachers in the building, but also like Callie mentioned, yeah, the greatness really comes from that synergy that occurs in that room and to be able to learn and grow not only with one another, but from one another. So it's a great experience that we have in the fall and then also again in the spring. 
Absolutely. Well, we're going to jump right into the seven habits. Um, we were excited you were going to be in our, our area for our regional training this year. Yeah. And so it really gave us opportunity to have you share your genius when it comes to your knowledge about the seven habits with our families and um, any other listeners that might, might be out there. So let's talk a little bit about the seven habits. So um, we, in our introduction and some other podcasts we've done previous, we've talked a little bit about Stephen Covey's um, overarching um, vision mm-hmm. with the seven habits and how that affected the, the um, first, probably and foremost, the business world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then do you want to kind of walk us through what happened from there? Sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So um, the seven habits of highly effective people that was um, um, synthesized and, and arranged by Dr. Stephen Covey um, in 1989 start, first started in the business world. So any businesses that were wanting to increase their productivity or morale and their culture and climate in the workplace um, could embark their staff in this two-day seven habits training. Then uh, about 15 years ago, there was a principal by the name of Muriel Summers, and she is a principal of A.B. Combs Elementary in uh, North Carolina. She attended this conference, and as she was engaging in the new learning of the seven habits, she thought to herself, hmm, I wonder if we could teach this to kids and what kind of impact that that would have on our future adults. So that's really where the Leader Me process was born. She took it back to her school and started to implement the seven habits with her teachers who then taught it to her students. And it just kind of snowballed and just, you know, grew to fruition from there. So that's, we have over 5,000 schools worldwide that are Leader in Me schools and um, continuing to grow more and more each day. That's fantastic. The I would say the bedrock of Leader and Me are the seven habits. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the basis. And then there's, you know, obviously offshoots of areas of concentration, like um, wildly important goals Mm -hmm. and um, many other things, paradigms, all these other things that really play into it. But we're going to really focus today on the seven habits, Mm -hmm. because I want our listeners to really understand in depth what those seven habits are and how they apply to them as parents in the home, how they apply to them as teachers in the classroom. So let's just take it one by one. Okay, and we'll go through each of the seven habits. Kelly, do you want to go through the seven yeah, absolutely. habits? absolutely. Let's start with habit one. So habit one, being proactive. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what that actually means for students and then in terms of their family life as well. Absolutely, yeah. So habit one, be proactive. That's really the foundational habit. And the key word that we would say with habit one is choice. All of us have a choice that we get to be proactive. Okay. We are not victims of our circumstances, that we have the opportunity to, regardless of our circumstances and what happens to us, that we get to choose how we are going to act, how are we going to behave, regardless of what happens to us in the world, the weather that is around us. So as a student, you know, what we try to help our students understand is, is that we have that choice in our language that we speak you know, our internal language with ourselves and also the language that we use with our peers. And then also how that translates into the home is that even from things like our chores and things like that, like, all right, all right, so I am going to proactively make the choice to brush my teeth before my mom begs me to do so. So those kinds of things. So that's how it can translate into the home is that, okay, what can I do to best serve myself in my classroom, but then also in my family? Mm-hmm. So as a parent, um, how how can I encourage and, and help my child to be able to develop and practice this habit at home? Mm, great question. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, that would be the answer there is just to invite our kids at home to 
reflect on those questions. You know, let's so let's say, hey, mom, uh, can I go to Joe's house for a sleepover on Friday? Okay. So instead of us as the adults saying, okay, well, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, because then we're doing all the thinking and processing for our kiddos. So rather we could explore saying, all right, well, Joe, what do we think, you know, what, what have you completed this week or what have you done this week that would contribute to you going to Joe's? Uh, well, let's see. I was a big brother by helping my sister um, with her flashcards for math. Great. Okay. What else? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, you know what? Um, my chore of doing the dishes, I've been doing that okay. But you know what? I'm thinking for the next three days, maybe I could really step it up there and to show you, mom, that I'm responsible. Oh, that's a great idea, Joe. So as a parent, what can we do is just to invite our students, invite our, our children into that reflective process so that we're not doing all the thinking for them, that they are having that internal process of, oh, I guess, yeah, what can I do or have I done to show my proactivity in my day-to-day life? And I would say that's a huge, we've talked about that on this podcast multiple times already about how our students aren't really able to, um, I hate to say it, finger quotes, think for themselves. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Ashley mentioned it in the previous podcast and she mentioned the um, R&I. We want our kids mm-hmm. to have the ability to, um, you know, really plan out how they're going to be successful and do it with intention rather than just waiting for somebody to tell them exactly how to get to go spend the night at their friend's house. Well, if you're going to go spend the night at your friend's house, you have to have done blah, 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 or you need to go do this right now. And our kids wait, are waiting for that every single day in our classrooms, in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, my home as well. In my yeah. home as well. <laughs> yeah. So our kids are just waiting mm-hmm. for that and they're not mm-hmm. doing a lot of thinking for themselves. And I feel like that's one of the things that's, um, kind of the itch I want to scratch this year is making sure that our kids get to that point that they can be autonomous and they have Mm -hmm. their own um, advocacy of themselves and their own agency, so to speak. So that's such an important skill that they are so capable of um, at any age and able to develop that and continue to help that grow as they continue to get older so that they are able to do that independently as they get older. And I'm thinking of their job as they get older, being yeah. able to really think through um, exactly what they need to do to mm-hmm. get to the point that they want to get to. That's that's critical for them to have that developed. And we rob that of them. Mm-hmm. Really, a lot I of the times it's the adults. Yeah, Absolutely. the adults take it away from them. We're not even giving them a chance to do that. So mm-hmm. that's a focus for mm-hmm. sure. And it's uh, also a crucial life skill that, that companies are looking for. Mm-hmm. So if we were to... You you know, and then ask companies what they were looking for in their applicants 20 years ago, that list looks different than what it does today. So what are our future employers looking for? Yeah, they're looking for what we may hear refer, referred to as the soft skills mm-hmm. and such. Can that individual work on a team? Um, what is their physical wellness, their mental wellness, okay, their ability to be flexible? To resiliency. It, resiliency, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that really takes us also then to habit two, which is beginning with the end in mind. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about what that means again for a student at school as well as for their home life. Mm -hmm. This one can be a little bit tricky for our students to be able to wrap their mind around because habit two, begin with the end in mind. The key word there, it's all about vision. Okay, What is my vision for my future, whether that be in my work life or in my personal life? Now, for our kiddos, that can be hard, right? Their vision, they're just looking forward to Saturday, it's right? 20 minutes from now. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So that can be a little bit tricky, but uh, definitely something that we don't want to avoid, right? That the, If we baby step our, our kiddos through that, then they can understand, okay, so what are the choices that I am making today that can not only impact me a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, on, and so on and so forth? 
So if we think about in the home, okay, so, all right, so what is my vision as far as uh, um, being an active member on the soccer team? Okay, what is my vision? Okay, well, I want to be an active teammate. I want to be, have uh, good sportsmanship. Okay, and I'd like to increase the amount of goals that I'm scoring this season. Okay, so that's a great way that we could start to take this huge concept and break it down so our kids can understand. Ah, okay, what is my vision? If saying, what's your vision for your life, son? That may be a little bit much. Well, let's say, what's the vision for your contribution on the soccer team or within your second grade math class, so on and so forth. Great examples. Um, that takes us to habit three, mm-hmm. um, putting first things first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Habit three, putting first things first. That is all about prioritizing. Okay. Oftentimes in life, um, we have this to-do list of things. Okay. I need to get this done. I need to get that done. And habit three, it's not about, okay, I got to get everything done. It's about, I want to get the most important things done. And well, how do we know if they're important? Well, if they're in line with our vision, okay, that we just talked about with habit number two. So this one can really be helpful for students, especially as they start to uh, embark in uh, extracurricular activities. Okay, as we know, <laughs> our kids are busy, aren't they? Yes, they. So. Yes, they are involved in sports, in cheerleading, in football, in chess, in Girl Scouts, and involved in their church. So this can be a great area where we then can talk as families to our kids. All right, let's take a look at our weekly schedule. Okay, what are our big rocks? Meaning, what are the things that are going to help me um, be most successful in being a contributor of this family, of my soccer team, and in in my classroom, too? So that's a great way to start, you know, as a parent um, is to, okay, so what is one thing that I can do this week to help me, better me as a soccer player on the team? Okay, what's one thing that I can do that would help me to contribute as being a big brother? Okay, what's one thing that I could do this week to work on my relationship of being a great son? Okay, so that's how we take that big concept of prioritizing when our kids have so many things on their plate. Just thinking, what's one thing that I could do to actively work on that role this week? And I think that's important. Your focus on just one thing that you're Mm -hmm. trying to improve or just one or two things that you're trying to improve. Because when we have so many things on our list of things that we want to change or things that we want to work on, we tend to overwhelm ourselves or we overwhelm our kids. Um, It becomes too many. And then we don't accomplish any of those things. So really keeping it simple and focusing on a couple of things that we really want to work on Mm -hmm. um, and prioritizing those things is key. Mm-hmm. So that kind of takes us to habit four, then think win-win. Yes, habit four, think win-win. So that is the habit that's all about having an attitude around think win-win. Now, when we say attitude, so think win-win, that's all about I'm seeking wins for myself, but also equally what are going to be wins for you, okay? Because there I are- feel like, I feel like we struggle with this at our house. It's hard. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Kids. Yes, yeah. My, my yeah, boys, definitely. yeah, my boys- Especially between siblings. We or tend maybe between to parents think win, <laughs> not think win-win. It, it is. It, it, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And working on it with my boys as well. So it's, it's all around, okay, so what are going to be wins for me? But how am I seeking mutual benefit? What are going to be wins for you as well? And especially in the family or the sibling dynamic, that gets really tricky. It does. It gets really tricky. And oftentimes, um, we then try to go for compromise, which is actually a very low form of win-win. But it gets a great rap that it's the best thing ever. But if we think about it, compromising, then really, who's losing? Both of us are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for example, Callie, if you and I are sisters and we're playing outside in the backyard 
and I say, all right, Kelly, I want to play kickball. And I want to play in the monkey bars. Yeah. You say, okay, well, uh, let's compromise. And okay, we'll play uh, kickball for 10 minutes and monkey bars for 10 minutes. Or even a lot of people would compromise by finding something third, the let's third option. Let's play on the slide. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and nobody Neither gets anything. Get it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where we want to, you know, just to, to, you know, help our kids understand, well, wait a second. Yeah. Compromise. That's actually a very low form of win-win. And it can often happen if there's a low trust in a relationship, okay? So um, sometimes then we can seek what we call, like Jen mentioned, the third alternative. So we use this one often in our families if we're trying to pick where to go out to eat, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's say, you know, I want Mexican and the rest of the family, you know, wants Italian. Okay, well, let's throw both of them out and consider something that we all can agree on that we all would like. So that's what we call seeking the third alternative. Now, with but that in said, that situation, let me just say that yeah. you're still winning because you all agreed exactly. that that was something yep. you would enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Rather than participating in something nobody enjoys. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, really the, the, the key thing that what we can do within our homes um, with our children to help them to understand that concept is it doesn't have to be your way or my way. It can be our way, a better way. Mm-hmm. All right. And that takes us to habit five. This is another one that we struggle with in our yeah. house sometimes. <laughs> this is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Yeah. Arguably the hardest of all the habits to, to effectively live and to apply. So the key word with the habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood, would be skill. It requires tremendous skill and lots of practice, lots of practice. One that I myself have always constantly working on. And just ask my husband. He would tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so I have it five. Yeah. Seeking first to understand, then to be understood, uh, especially, you know, in the family dynamic. And like we mentioned with habit four, you know, around the siblings and things like that, because it can be in a competitive, you know, very uh, um, comparing type of um, atmosphere. So, you know, as we actively live habit five, seeking first to understand, then to be understood, then that invites our kids to, oh, well, okay, I have my idea in my head about what I think you mean or what I think you're saying or how I think you feel about this. But you know what? I'm going to put a pin in that and ask you, hmm, tell me more about that. Or, oh, gosh, Kelly, you seem really sad about what happened um, at, at recess today. Okay, tell me more about that. Versus me trying to jump into your story like, oh, yeah, you know what? That happened to me when I was on the playground last week or as a parent, even worse. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I remember exactly how that happened to me. Because then what does that tell our kids? They don't not, get, to, yeah, they don't get to have their own experiences exactly. and they're not feeling heard. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes as parents, I know I'm guilty of it myself, is that we tend to maybe minimize our kids' feelings like, oh, gosh, it's not that big of a deal. Wait till you have to pay a mortgage someday. Right. Mm -hmm. But we, our our kiddos, they, they want to and need to feel justified in their feelings. And what's our role as the parents? We can help them to navigate through and to process through them, okay, to be able to develop the maturity to understand, oh, this is what I'm feeling, and that's okay, yeah. and I'm going to walk through it. And I think one way that we can walk through that in a productive way, they, they talk about practicing active listening. And I think that's one way that I stop myself from, from having all the thoughts that I'm having while I'm trying to listen to my child or listen to yeah. a student or to another adult. Um, you know, we tend to a lot of times listen to defend or we listen mm -hmm. already ready to have an answer and we're thinking instead of listening. Yes. And I think in those moments, if we're, if we're truly practicing active listening, then we are listening to the point that we would be able to 
repeat in a lot of ways or summarize what they've just said mm-hmm. to us. So if my child comes home and she's telling me she's had a hard day at school, instead of telling her, hey, it's no big deal yeah. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I listen to what she says um, until I can summarize that back to her. So you're saying that what happened at school today was that, and then being able to repeat that. Yeah. Kelly, do we want to do a little role play there? Absolutely. Do you want to be it. your daughter and, sure. and I'll be you? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. What's your daughter's name? Simra. Simra. Okay. Yes. Hey, Simra. Hey, girl. Hey, how was school? It was okay. Oh, it sounds like you're a little bit upset. Tell me. Well, I I wanted to play at recess and I wanted to play on the slides, but my friend, she wanted to do something else and I didn't like that. Hmm. Hmm. How did that make you feel? It made me feel frustrated because I did what she wanted to do yesterday. Hmm. So it sounds like then what you did yesterday is then what you wanted then to pick the choice of the activity today, huh? I did. I wanted to pick it today. Hmm. Okay. So what did you do to navigate through that? What did you do? I did what she wanted to do, but tomorrow I'm thinking that I'm going to tell her that it's important that we take turns and that we play something else that I would enjoy as well. Hmm. Or I could play with a different friend. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So how did you come up with that idea? I thought about it. Mm, yeah, because you're a pretty smart girl. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I love about this option for our kids that, again, we don't always give them the chance to do that because we're nurturing them to death. Mm-hmm. We want them to, we're we're solving their problems for yeah. them. And I think everybody's heard this term about the lawnmower parents. Who yeah. Are, um, you know, it used to be helicopter parents. Now it's mm-hmm. lawnmower parents. I'm a lawnmower parent in many circumstances, too. You mow down everything in their way. Yeah. So that they don't have a hard life or that they don't have Mm -hmm. the experiences that we had to overcome. Um, And it feels like a gift to your child at the time. You're thinking, man, I'm really a good parent. I'm making sure things are out of my child's way. They don't have to experience anything hard. They don't have Mm -hmm. to experience um, any strife in their life. But in the long run, we're disabling them to being able to be problem solvers in that way. And I think um, some of those active listening skills... If we can just sit back and let them talk to us and let them come up with their own solutions like mm-hmm. you guys did in your role yeah, play. Yeah, I loved how you asked me questions about it because that's yeah. another key part of active listening is, you know, summarizing what you've just heard, but then also asking them mm-hmm. questions. So yeah. that helps them to be able to do the problem solving on their own mm-hmm. um, and leads them to really do that, that thinking and that processing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now, hey, let's role play it and what we're, what we're trying to, to not, you know, do, right? What we're trying to avoid, shall we? Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to be mom and I'm not going to be practicing active listening right now. All right. Okay. Hey girl. Hey, how was school? It was okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, do you, is your homework done? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Well, honey, come on. Yeah. You've got ballet tonight. Okay. So we need but to get that I, homework but done. But I didn't get to do what I wanted to do on the playground. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't get to do what I wanted to at work today either. You know what? Sometimes life's rough. Okay. All right. So yeah, <laughs> get in your room, get your homework done. I'm totally laughing because I'm fairly confident. <laughs> This situation just happened at my house this morning. <laughs> well, and it's true. Oh, and so, it, well, really, yeah. and, and we were, we're giggling about it because we've all been there, right? Yep. We've uh, all every day, all of us. every yeah. day, every day. So here's what's what's key. In that first example there, Kelly, did you pretending to be the daughter? Did you feel heard? Yeah, I felt like mm-hmm. I felt like I got to share, you know, what happened, and I also felt like I got to share my ideas for how I wanted to fix it. Mm-hmm. Now, what about in the second example that we did? Did I you thought feel you were heard? just trying to one up me yeah. as the mom? Yeah. <laughs> and empowerment. Yes. I mean, I feel like that's the word that we Absolutely. want our kids to leave um, 
school with. I was empowered to make my own decisions. I was empowered to stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. I was empowered. There was no empowerment happening in the Mm -hmm. second role play. It was just me coming in with, okay, well, I already know what my daughter's experiencing. I already know. I've been there. I know exactly what she's thinking and feeling right now and just shutting it down. So, yeah. I think of all the habits, like I said, this is one we struggle with at our house, but I think this is one of the most important habits to be able to help our kids with at school and at home. Well, and it is, and and we invite you to try it tonight at home, you know, try it tonight, whether it be your husband or your wife or whoever's listening, if there's, Hey honey, how was your day? And really just come in with, okay, I'm going to listen, not with the intent to respond. I'm just listening with the intent just to hear. And just reflect back what he or she is feeling. Oh, wow. It sounds like you're frustrated. Oh, wow. How did that make you feel? And just try it tonight and see what kind of impact that it has on that conversation. Absolutely. And I think what we're also forgetting is that these seven habits can be used in our workplaces, too, as families. Yeah, certainly. As we certainly expect that um, they're practiced here at school between mm-hmm. colleagues and between students and families. But I would I would highly recommend that families go and try this at their own workplace. Oh, you yeah. know, these are things that, that can be employed in any mm-hmm. place in your life. Yep. And I'm thinking too with the seek first understand, if you're asking questions, you know, how was your day, whether it's to a colleague, whether it's to a family member, really wanting to hear the answer. A lot of times we ask those questions as a I don't know, is it just something to be nice or something sure. to be friendly? Hey, how are, how are you? Good. How are you? But we really aren't wanting to listen to the answer. So I think if we are asking these questions again, whether it's at work or at home, making sure that we are at a, at a time where we can really yeah. dedicate ourselves to listening mm-hmm. um, to what that person shares. But I think this would be a great thing to practice at some point, again, at home or at school or at work. Um, but just being able to practice this with your kids um, or with adults, such an important skill. Mm-hmm. Habit six, right around the corner with synergize. Yes. Yeah, synergize. So if we consider synergize, so what that is, is, is um, the habit known as the beautiful result. So meaning if we are coming in with that win-win attitude, okay, that I'm not only looking for wins for me, but I'm looking for wins for you as well. And then if I'm constantly seeking first to understand, then to be understood, practicing that skill, then synergy, well, we call that the beautiful result. Okay, so that's then the mentality of the we is better than the I. Okay, that we're valuing our differences. And if we take that into the family, you know, we think, I don't know about you guys, but each of my kiddos, they're all different. Each of them has their own little um, twerks and has their own little, um, um, you know, strengths and, and usually one of them strengths is the other's weakness and this and that. For example, my oldest and my second son, okay? The oldest, he's your typical uh, rule follower and natural leader and likes things, you know, in a row and, and likes a schedule. Great. And then we have my second son, okay? He is more um, flexible and um, is, is, is uh, very fly by the seat of his pants and very flexible, very charming. You can imagine how those two kind of can be like oil and water, right? Mm-hmm. So my husband and I, we try to actively, you know, invite both of our boys into, okay, well, what are strengths of Jude Sullivan that you can appreciate and vice versa? Because otherwise they're going to continue to come forward with, okay, well, what I value, you don't value. And that means it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So saying, well, you know what, in order for us to have a great productive family, we're going to need the the structure of Sullivan, but we're also going to need the flexibility and the carefreeness of Jude. That's truly what makes not only our family unit work, but like you mentioned earlier, Callie, about taking it into the workplace too. That's how we do. That's where synergy really turns into a beautiful thing is when we value our differences to honor the we is better than the I. 
I feel like that's something at Seagrist that our our teachers do a phenomenal job in the classrooms of really celebrating the individual strengths of each and every student and seeing how those strengths can work together to create a great classroom community. And that's something I'm really proud of in this building. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we can use more of that in our um, world. And there's no, this isn't a political podcast, but I just think in general, we spend so much time trying to find uh, a way to justify that I'm right and you're wrong. I'm winning, you're losing. Mm -hmm. There's that natural competition that's happening in our everyday life. You know, people are competing for jobs every day. They're competing for um, money. They're competing for in sports. I mean, recognition, recognition, right. Mm -hmm. So those things are happening so frequently that if we aren't teaching our kids, the better way to um, exist with each other is strength in both, Mm -hmm. then we're going to probably pay the pay the price in the long run in the next, you know, few decades, mm-hmm. I would guess. Absolutely. Okay. Last one. Last one. Habit, Habit seven. seven. Sharpen the saw. Sharpen the saw. Yeah. Often the most neglected of all the habits. Habit seven, sharpen the saw. <laughs> so sharpen the saw, it is the habit known as balance and renewal. And it's interesting because habit seven, sometimes um, you hear folks say, or you may hear your students say, oh, I had a busy week. All right, now I'm going to sharpen the saw on Friday. Here I come, Netflix binge. Or, <laughs> you know, all right, I need to sharpen the saw. Well, when in sharpen the saw, actually, the, the highly effective practice there, it's all about the daily private victory. Now, what that means is with sharpen the saw, there's four different dimensions there that we have. The mind, the body, the heart, and the spirit. And so having equal balance in each of those four dimensions, that's how we can achieve that daily private victory. So I kind of like to consider it like four tires on a car, mm-hmm. you know, the mind, body, heart, and spirit. We want to ensure that we have balance there so that our car can run efficiently and effectively, right? Mm-hmm. So each day we want to try to do something within each of those four dimensions so that we stay balanced because we can't cheat habit seven. Okay. Oftentimes, I don't know about you guys, but I've tried to cheat it like, oh, I don't have time today to take care of me. But what happens over time then? Mm-hmm. You're right. Burnout. And then we check out. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the same thing happens for our kids, too, between yeah. all the extracurricular activities that they're involved in Absolutely. sometimes and, and school, um, you know, busy day at school. And they end up neglecting themselves as well. So as parents, what are some ways that we can help our um, children to be able yeah. to really sharpen this all at home as well. Mm-hmm. Really, the best thing that we can do to help our students and our kids to learn sharpen the saw really is to model and live it ourselves. So when we say mind, body, heart, and spirit, as we know, our little eyes—they're always watching us. There's little ears that are always listening. So what am I doing? You know, what am I reading? You know, what am I listening to to help enrich and and, and to grow as an individual? Okay, when we say the spirit, okay, so how am I? contributing or volunteering. It may be out in nature or it may be religious worship or or volunteering in that aspect. In the heart, how am I continuing to make deposits and build up the relationships of those that I love and those that are important to me? Because sometimes, like you said, we get busy. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Wait a second. You know what? I need to reach out to my grandma and just make sure that she's having a good day and make sure that she's having, you know, a a great day, right? I'm not too busy that I can't check in with those that are important to me. And then with the body, well, that has to do with, okay, what am I putting into my body that's fuel? Okay. And how am I taking care of myself? Am I getting enough rest? Okay. Am I exercising? Those kinds of things. So just really the best thing that we can do as parents is to really cognitively be aware of how am I living each of the four dimensions 
because those little eyes and ears, they are always watching and listening. So that's the best way that we can try to get our kiddos at home to live it too. Kristen, that's great advice. Thank you so much. I was going to share one last thought and I'd like for you guys to you know, certainly join in if you have. One of the things that when I first received this training a few years ago that I was concerned with as a parent, as an educator, in so many other ways was that I was nervous that these things would be used in the wrong way. Mm. So oftentimes I hear, um, you know, kids will say, um, I'm putting first things first today because I'm doing what's important to me, which is going to recess before doing my math homework. And, or, you know, I'm, I'm making that up, but sure. the reality of it is it could be anything. Yeah. Um, first things first for me today is making sure I go to dinner with my husband um, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, getting my, um, all my e- emails answered at right. work. Those things are all, there's a balance there that we mm-hmm. have to remember that you can't use the habits for your own win while right. somebody else is not right. uh, benefiting. So really continuing to examine the use of how, how we live those things mm-hmm. so that they're not for our own um, benefit right. and, and instead really continue to look at them for what they truly are. And, and sometimes that means asking yourself a hard question. Did I eat right today? Did I get yeah. enough sleep? Am I spending enough time with my family instead yeah. of going to work when I um, should be with my family? Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things are really hard to do, but sometimes you can use those. So I, I'm a workaholic, so mm-hmm. I could use put first things first to my advantage to continue working and spend less time with my family. Yeah. Um, because in my mind, first things first is your job, right? right? Or is first things first your family? So those are things that we just have to remember. It can't cause an imbalance and so that uh, your job loses and your family doesn't right. or that your family uh, loses in your job. I mean, back and forth. You have to be careful about that. And that's great. And you know what? And a great question that we can often ask ourselves because if, if we were to ask anybody, right, hey, guys, what's the most important thing to you? What do majority of people say? Family. Family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my kids, my spouse, my family, right? So then here's the question. Does our schedule reflect that? So if I would say, oh, obviously my family. But then does my schedule reflect that? Well, according to my schedule, it looks like at times, you know, that work, work, work is the most important thing, Jen, like you were Mm -hmm. mentioning. So that's a great self-reflective piece that we can go to is what's most important to me. If I say my family, great. Does my schedule reflect that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We really appreciate you being here. And we're so thankful that you had a chance to share the seven habits basics with us, because I feel like that will give our parents a great start to implementing this at home and understanding that. And Callie and I say this all the time, but it's a great Great day day to be a pirate. pirate. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you.